Hi, this is Mike Overstreet, the director of growth groups at Element 3 Church. And in this episode of our podcast, we are going to talk about building group ownership and leveraging gifts within your group. Now, the first thing I want to do is I want to define what I mean by ownership. Now, what I mean by ownership is more a sense among your group members that this is their group and that they play an important role in making the group what it is. And when I think of ownership, I always think of it as having three parts. The first part is, does your, do your group members believe that they are serving a purpose? Are you giving them a purpose in the group? And this is basically going one step farther than just them participating. It's the idea that they have a leadership role, that they have something that they are doing that is making the group succeed. The second part is contribution. And this is just based on the idea of setting a tone that no one makes a group on their own. You may be the leader, but everybody in the group is needed uh, and they need to contribute in order for the group to really become what it's intended to be. And I always think of the metaphor in the scriptures about the body of Christ, in which each person in the body plays a role that when they come together, the body is more than the sum of its parts. So does everyone understand that they're needed, that their specific gifts, that their specific talents are serving a role that no one else can provide? And thus they are playing a crucial role or role in the group thriving. A helpful metaphor that I've been given for this is when you think of a body, you have all these different parts, legs, hands, you know, a head, a mouth, and none of those parts can do what the other part can do. A leg can't be a mouth. A finger can't be the brain. The brain can't be, you know, the, the feet. So each person has something that they're doing that they do best or that they contribute in order to make the whole body function. And the third part is togetherness. And that is just ownership requires that you are creating a sense that we are all in this together. The group will thrive and succeed or struggle throughout its life, but everyone who is taking part in the group knows that they're not doing this stuff alone, that we're all in this together. So in general, are you creating a sense among your group members that they are owners of the group, that they are responsible for the group, that they are playing a key part in the group, uh, the group's life? And when we talk about why do we do this, there's a couple key things. The first is that it creates buy-in. If someone owns a responsibility for the group, if someone has a task, if someone has a job that makes the group succeed, then they're going to be more bought in to the success of the group because they have a stake now. They have a responsibility that goes one step farther than just showing up. So they create a sense that I am needed, which is going to make a higher level of buy-in. The second thing is it's simply going to help with attendance. If you have people who feel like they have a task, who feel like they have a job, who feel like they have a role that they are needed for, they're more likely to uh, have consistent con attendance. It's just a simple kind of cold, hard fact that people are more likely to show up if they feel like they are needed. Next, and this is really important, it's super healthy for the leader. We as leaders often try to do everything on our own, and this creates burnout more than any other problem in uh, ministry. When one person is trying to tackle all the tasks of a ministry, and it's just not sustainable. So for your own health, ownership also lets you hand off tasks, hand off responsibilities that you don't need to own so that you can be a healthier leader and that so your energy can go to what you are gifted at and what is most important for you to be doing. And lastly, it also helps with leadership multiplication. It gives you 
these small steps that you can hand off to people to grow them as leaders, baby steps first. So you start with small tasks of ownership, and as people succeed, you can then give them more. And in doing that, you're actually developing them as leaders in really small ways, which is healthy for our church and healthy for our ministry. So that is the definition that I like to think of with ownership, and that's the why of ownership. And we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about what it looks like to develop and to build ownership in your group and some simple ways to go about doing it. Now, whenever I think of building ownership in a group, I like to think of it in two stages. The first stage is when you're starting your group. And this is a different type of developing ownership. This is all about vision and mission. And basically, what I'm asking you to do is when you engage your members early on to really stress that they are buying in at the ground floor of building something new. So you cast your vision, you lay out the mission for the group, and what you're inviting them into is you're, you're inviting them into being a part of making something new. So think through the language you use when you're starting your group, when you're inviting people, when you're laying out what you want the group to be, and really use language that stresses if you guys want to be in on something new, I could use your help. We can start something in Tallahassee. We can start something at E3, and you can help us build a community that is going to do new things. And this is just an easy way to make people feel like they're buying into something exciting, into something fresh, into something important. And it's going to help them be more consistent and, and just more involved in participation as the group moves forward. The second stage of ownership is ongoing ownership. And that is just simply as you've developed a core group of people, you've been meeting regularly, how are you developing more and more sense that they are owning the group and that they are integral to the group's success? And this is basically just that ongoing work of creating a deeper and deeper sense that everyone in the group matters and that they have a role and that they are needed for the group to succeed. And when I think of ongoing ownership building, when I think of ongoing ownership development, I like to think of it as having three key types of developing ownership. The first type is simply a task orientation. So are you delegating tasks to members of the group that make them feel like they are taking part in the overall experience of your weekly meeting? And these are tasks that you can just hand off to anyone. They're not necessarily based on gifts but they're just simple, small things that you can hand to a member and say, this is something that you are going to be responsible for each week. You need to take your hands off it and you let them run with it. And just for some examples, you know, our group likes to think of a couple tasks that we assign to people and we ask them to own. One is snacks. Our group has snacks each week, and we have tasked a specific member with developing a rotation of who brings the snacks, following up with those people to make sure the snacks arrive, and generally organizing that part of our group meeting. So that creates ownership because the person feels like they're playing a role in making our meeting more than what it would be if we didn't have snacks. And it's also taking that off of the leader's shoulder. Another one is we hand off announcements to a group member. At the start of each week, we do our church announcements, and I just ask someone else to own walking our group through that each week. So another small task that someone feels like they're taking a deeper part in. Another one is summarizing the sermon. We always have someone summarize the weekly sermon as, at the start of our group. And this is just a simple thing where they just walk through the major parts of the sermon and they help set the tone. Again, that's a small task, but it helps that person feel like they're playing a bigger role in the group's success. 
And then there are many other things. You could ask people to own prayer for the group. You can ask people to own reading scripture each week. You can ask people to do um, any number of things like reading the group covenant. But basically just thinking through small tasks that you can hand off to people that they can feel like they are taking ownership of the group's time. The second type is organizational. So are you identifying people in your group who are really good at just getting stuff done? And we like to assign these um, after we get to know people a little bit to make sure that this is an area that they're gifted in. But these are simple things like we have a group member who owns our social events. Every time that we plan a social once a month, we just ask this person to organize the date, the time, and the activity. And then they get up and they run with it. Once again, that's taking leadership off of my shoulders as the leader, and it's giving this other person an extra layer of ownership and responsibility. Another great opportunity is a service project. Ask someone who is gifted in organization to uh, organize and lead a group service project quarterly. And this is just asking them to find something to do, a food kitchen, a ramp build, anything that we do at E3, and have them organize the members to show up. The third type is what I like to call leveraging gifts. And this is just based on the idea that what we, we do often miss out on in growth groups is that everyone who comes into that room has a unique gift that they can give to the group to help enrich the group experience. And it's just being on the lookout for these small things that people are good at, that they're passionate about, that you can just tap them on the shoulders and say, hey, I think it would be a real blessing for our group if you helped us make this happen during our group meeting. A great example of this is worship. Is anyone in your, in your small group a guitar player, a singer, a keyboardist? And could maybe once every couple of months or once a month, could they come uh, with some worship songs and start the group off uh, with some singing and some worshiping together? Another great one is um, looking for passions for those social events. We have a member of our group who is passionate about the environment and hiking, and I ask him every six months to lead our group on a hike, to take us in, into an experience that he is gifted at that enriches our community and our belonging together. Another great one is facilitating. If you start to notice that someone in your group is really good at the dialogue part of the group, ask them to maybe once every couple months to facilitate the group for you. And this makes it an enriching experience for them. They get to get a taste of what it feels like to lead a group. And it also helps you take a week off. And then even more than that, it brings a new voice to your group. It mixes things up periodically so that your group members are getting a taste of something new in who's leading and facilitating the dialogue. And then I think the last thing I would, I would ask you to consider is who in your group is really gifted at invitation. And remember, you as the leader have to model invitation early on. But as your group goes forward in its life together, you may start to realize that someone is really gifted at invitation. And you can pull them aside and just ask them, can you be the invitational voice for our group on Sunday? And that doesn't mean that you have to stop doing it as the group leader. You always will have to model it. But it does help you share that load a little bit too. And these are just some very basic ways that you can build ownership in your group. And just remember that when you do this, you're doing it to keep yourself healthy, you're doing it to increase buy-in, and you're doing it to create a sense of purpose for everyone in your small group community. And if you commit to doing this, if you commit to delegating, if you commit to finding these roles for people, it's going to build the excitement and the togetherness and the belonging and the drive of the group in really exciting ways. 
And I think that if you're willing to commit to it, you're going to see your group members step up and you're going to start seeing gifts just come out of nowhere and the whole group experience will be enriched. So just consider how you can do this in your group and start thinking through who in my group can I leverage to bless our community and to help grow this experience together.